Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Father, may we learn of you. May we sit at your feet. May we hear what the Spirit says to the church. And Lord God, we pray that you would change us according to your will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So life is, life is tough. A series of events occurred in close proximity to time or in time and and there was chatter going on around Jesus. And so Jesus addresses what, what was happening and calls their attention to the fact that God is still God. Hear the word of our Lord as it comes to us from the Gospel of Luke. About this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than the other people from Galilee, Jesus asked? Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No, I tell you again that unless you repent, you will perish also. And Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it, but he was always disappointed. Finally, he, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years. And there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention, plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not then, cut it down. And one Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent doubled for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he he called her over and said, Dear woman, you're healed of your sickness. And then he touched her, and instantly she could stand straight how she praised God. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd, come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites, each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox? or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? 
This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So if you remember nothing from this sermon, even from all the sermons you ever hear. Remember these words of G.K. Chesterton. For when we cease to worship God, we do not worship nothing, we worship anything. When we cease to worship God, we do not worship nothing, we worship anything. So we have this situation in, in Israel Down in Jerusalem, who knows why, but Pilate killed a bunch of people, a bunch of worshipers from Galilee. They probably just came down to the temple, and for whatever reason, he murdered them. And close in proximity to time, a a tower fell. This area is very seismic. Lots of earthquakes often, and the tower fell on some people. And Jesus asked, is this cause and effect? Did they die because they're bad people? The people that Pilate murdered, the people upon whom the the tower fell? Is this some kind of cosmic cause and effect? Or is this happened because they did something wrong? It's not at all unusual for me to hear people bemoaning a time that they're going through and think that it's because of something they had done. And Jesus says time and again, there is no such cause and effect. The the reality is we live in in a broken world, a world befouled by sin and a world that has been broken since the dawn of time. Since that very time when when there was that, that moment of disobedience. But still the question gets asked, well, why do, why do bad things happen? Why doesn't God stop it? Why doesn't God intervene? Why doesn't God do something? If he's a loving God, why doesn't he do something? Why does he let these things happen? And the question is actually framed rather unfortunately, because the reality is that very question is framed around the whole notion of the God of the Bible, the Christian God, who is a God who loves, not some remote watchmaker God, but a God who is supposed to be a loving God. And so that question draws upon a Christian understanding of God, at the same time tries to undermine that understanding by suggesting that God is either not loving, he doesn't really love, or he's not powerful. He just can't do anything. The reality is that God put himself through his son right into the middle of the human condition. And if anything demonstrates the craven injustices of our world, 
It is the arrest, beating, death of Jesus on the cross. He there demonstrates that God's love does not come into fixed stuff. God's love comes in to save us in the midst of it. The day will come when all of this passes away. But until that time comes, we live in this, in this time in between. This time in between that, that hope and that promise and, and then the final fulfillment. But it's tough. So then the denominational authorities are smug. They try to call Jesus to task for what? Doing it on a Sabbath? Healing a woman who'd been broken for 18 years, bent over for 18 years by the power of, of evil in the world? And they criticize him for healing? just because it's the Sabbath. So a tweet went out on Sunday saying something to the effect, we're getting ready now to worship. And then we had the Grammys and a disgusting display of what actually was a depiction of the worship of Satan on the Grammys. And it was cheered. They applauded. And this artist, Steve Smith, his song, Unholy, is number one on the charts. If we don't believe in God, it's not that we believe in nothing, we'll believe in anything. The Apostle Paul says, they exchange the glory for God for the image of mortals. And ultimately, of reptiles. That, in other words, that which we fear, that which is representative of evil. Nothing new. This is a, a terrifying reality and in our culture. And it, it represents something that, that is truly frightening. Gary Morrison is a professor at Northwestern University. And he writes a long article uh, that just appears in this month's, or this next month's issue of First Things. He says, no doctrine was more fundamental to the Bolsheviks than atheism. They professed absolute certainty that nothing exists beyond the chain of cause and effect described by the sciences. From day one, they gleefully arrested priests, defaced icons, and subjected believers to mockery or worse. Godless with its countless affiliates in factories, schools, and collective farms, became a term of high praise. So that was Sunday night. Godlessness, the worship of Satan, 
high praise for that. And then Monday, the earthquake. And last I heard this morning, the death toll is north of 28,000 people. The woman that Jesus speaks of, this woman who was doubled over, bent over for 18 years, Jesus attributes that to Satan, to the power of evil in our world. So Sunday night, we're worshiping Satan. On Monday, Satan has his way in the lives of thousands. So it, it makes no sense. And the reality is we, we live in a broken world and we are broken people within it. And we do the best that we can to make, well, we can't make sense of it. And so we try to live into it as best we know how. We try to support each other We try to uphold each other. We try to be there for each other because we cannot change this mess. This mess that we have both inherited and made. And so we we do the best we can in in the midst of it. Similar thing happened in Lisbon in 1755. There was a huge earthquake and people in the churches and cathedrals all over Lisbon, it was on a Sunday morning, went running out of their churches so that they might escape the the crumbling of the structure and the fear that would fall on them. Many ran down to the beaches and there many were hit by a tsunami after the earthquake. This is is the world we live in. Jesus says this is not because of some cause and effect, scientific or otherwise, that people suffer. It's not because we've sinned. Of course we've sinned. But it's because of the nature of our world And Jesus came into the very middle of it all and bore it all upon himself. Elie Wiesel writes in Night, his book, for which he received a Nobel Prize for Literature, about a seven-year-old boy being marched to the scaffold between two others. And when the scaffolding was dropped, the rope in the middle was wiggling. The boy was still alive. And somebody cried out from the crowd, where is God, where is he now? And the answer came back, he is there on that scaffold. 
We profess this. We declare it. But we cannot comprehend it. As if understanding God is within our capability. Nevertheless, we praise. Somehow in the midst of it, we worship our God. He is Lord. He is Lord of all. There was a prominent attorney in Chicago, and in 1871, he lost his his five-year-old son. And grief-stricken, doubled over with grief, lost his son in the fire of Chicago. And a couple years later, D.L. Moody was going to have a big event in London. So he was preparing to go, but then he had to stay behind because of some legal work that he had to do, but he sent his wife and his his four daughters on a ship, and then he would come later. The ship was struck mid-ocean collision late at night. A mother survived and telegraphed back to her husband. Alone saved. Four daughters ranging from 18 months to five years were lost. He arranged to take the next ship ship across and asked the captain to let him know where on that journey the other ship had gone down. He received a knock on his door late one night, went out and looked over into the dark. And then went back to his cabin, wept, And within a few days, he wrote a hymn. Will you join me in prayer? You are Lord. You are risen from the dead. You are Lord. It is your promise that all of us in our day We'll go home when we put our faith and trust in you. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.